Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Han Way. My name is Ian Han, and I just want to say real quick, I am so, so sorry that I wasn't here last week. I feel really bad, and I hope you guys can forgive me. I have been very busy lately. It also came down to the fact that I had no air conditioning in my house, and I really needed to get that shit solved. So I really hope that you guys are like, hey, where were you last week? I was basically going old school. I don't have air and central air conditioning in my house. I have air conditioning units. So that meant I had to lug some stuff up the stairs and they're really heavy. I actually messed up my back as a result of it. So needless to say, I've been having a really great week. And also my air conditioner is specifically really, really old. So it's kind of starting not to get that cold in my room. Which kind of sucks because everyone else has a really nice one. Even the living room that a place I don't really feel like we're in that often is really nice. And like I kind of have to have my door open, which is something I really don't like doing. But, you know, it's one of those things I guess I got to have to do and deal with. Hopefully, whenever I get my new house, you know, I'll get like central air conditioning. I know that's kind of more of a staple nowadays, but you never know. And that's something that I'm kind of just looking forward to. But with the bright side, I am getting a new job. I finally had that drought of unemployment and and hopefully will stay that way for a few years to come. And hopefully this new job can help me fund my passion project for this place, as well as doing my other stuff on my own time. I'll let you guys know, and this will be the first place you hear about it. And hopefully you guys check out my other content here on AP Radio. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at IanHand11 to find out the most recent updates of what's going on in my life. Also, don't forget to check out AP Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter at AP Radio, the number two. We're trying to just keep building up our presence here. Check out the Facebook one first because I believe that's the one we interact with the most. I don't know because I am not in charge of social media. And I'm pretty happy about it because I'm terrible at doing it my for myself. One day I'll get the hang of it. One day, indeed. Anyway, so I had a pretty interesting week despite the extreme heat we've been having. I remember how cold it was lately and probably just wondering by the amount of sweat that keeps continuously rolling off my face. It's been a scorcher lately. It's actually been kind of nice today at 80 degrees, but with all the humidity in the air from all the rain we've been having, it's just been so muggy outside. I just absolutely hate it. But of course, now we have a little bit of a little bit of a break and hopefully it continues to have a break. The sun was not out when I came in here in the afternoon. So hopefully when I come out in the evening, it'll be kind of behind the clouds still. So maybe I can have a better turnaround. The 4th of July is upon us, so hopefully you guys have a safe and happy one, or have had a safe and happy one since I'm recording a little early this week, so I don't have to do stuff on the actual Friday since I do have some stuff to take care of. Anyway, so I'm kind of just enjoying life, enjoying my last few weeks or so of freedom before I get back into the groove of working, something I haven't done in about a couple of months so it's going to be kind of fun to have that challenge be back hopefully i'm up for it and hopefully i get to have some money so i can start you know living my life a little bit more so we now have a little bit more 
fun stuff that I did. Yesterday, Spider-Man Far From Home came out, and in a very quick spoiler, 60-ish second review starting... Gonna give it to the 10 after. Now, Spider-Man Far From Home was actually really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was better than Homecoming, which was really hard to do because I think it's actually probably my favorite MCU movie of all time. Even more fun than Winter Soldier. I know it's kind of hard to believe that, but I liked it. I think all the characters who reprised their roles did it swimmingly. Even the characters I don't really care for, I did enjoy it entirely. I think the uh, Europe trip was really cool. I think Mysterio was brought to life really amazingly. And all the costumes that you see in the promotional trailers are really awesome. I think the stealth suit is probably one of my favorite costumes ever, even though it's just a generic burglar suit with Spider-Man goggles and the advanced suit, which is the same as his original suit, but red and black with that really cool white spider on the back. I really liked it, and you'll hear more about it on uh, Thinking Outside the Box Office uh, July 10th at, I believe, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. And, you know, I did actually do about 60 seconds, so I kind of just finished it up by talking about Tobo. I will be appearing on that, so check me out, and I will be posting that as time goes on and stuff like that. So I'll be having a lot of fun with that. But that was just kind of a quick little review, because I've been thinking about superheroes a lot more now since the MCU is kind of going on hiatus, at least for me. The uh, greater world of Marvel is something I can kind of care less about. And I kind of wanted to bring this more attention, a little more attention to certain things that I specifically have um, on my plate. And it's mainly about third-party superheroes. And even though I did realize that just one of them isn't a third-party superhero through extension, they are published by a certain company, Marvel. We'll talk about it when we get to that character. But for the most part, I do like a lot of characters that may or may not be connected to the main publishers of DC and Marvel Comics. They basically kind of run the comic show, so anyone else is kind of just an indie developer or a third-party person that despite being popular in their own right, do not really have that much going for them because of the fact that they just don't have the most sales. They don't have the most this or that. So today I'm going to be celebrating 10 of my favorite third-party characters. They can come from really anywhere as long as they're not officially a Marvel character. So I can't say Spider-Man because we know he's a first-party character. So, obviously, like I just mentioned a little bit before, there will be some exceptions to the list, mainly because I just didn't realize that this was actually a published Marvel comic. But they can't interact with characters. They can't be in the same exact universe, so you can't see this guy walking around and, hey, there's Spider-Man flying by. No, these have to be in their own universe. So, basically, I'm going to be as broad as possible. Crossovers can happen. I'm not going to really be that critical. But let's just kick this off with the only character to actually not appear traditionally in a comic book on this list. And it is Danny Phantom from the Danny Phantom cartoon show created by Butch Hartman on Nickelodeon. Stop me if you heard this one before. Yo, Danny Phantom, he was just 14 when his parents created a strange machine designed to view a world unseen. When it didn't quite work. His folks just quit, and then Danny took a look inside of it. And in the process, his molecules got rearranged and became half-ghost. 
being the son of two ghost hunters trying to create a new portal to look into the ghost and I don't know, beat the shit out of him or something. His parents tried to make it work, but it didn't work until Danny physically went inside the machine and accidentally turned it on. And as cool as that could be, Danny eventually got ghost powers, becoming the, the second ghost-human hybrid in his world. Only first to be only succeeded by his arch enemy Vlad Plasmius, or Vlad Masters, his father's old friend from college. Personally, Danny's a really cool character, and I really love the show. Even though it had was gone and not forgotten, the final season really didn't live up to the standards of the first two kind of set in place. I did have some things about it that I really did enjoy. But there were still a lot of things that I personally were plagued with. But the idea that Danny had a lot of cool abilities, such as ectoplasm lasers, the ability to become intangible, to possess people, to become invisible. Basically really cool ghost stuff. He was basically Spider-Man, but if he was dead and had dead-based person powers. It's a really cool show, and if you haven't checked it out, I really recommend it. At least the first two seasons. The third season's a really acquired taste, and I don't absolutely hate it, but there are things about it I don't like about it in the slightest. Number nine is a character that I was going to talk about, about how he was officially a character created by Marvel through publishing, but I prefer his movies better, and I really hate the comic anyway, so we're going to make him an exception. Kick-Ass from the book, the movie and book series Kick-Ass. At least the Dave Lazuski version. I don't know. I, I think there's a new version of Kick-Ass out there. So Dave Lazuski was just a normal kid who wanted to be a superhero one day. So he got a wetsuit online and went on patrol, only to be shanked and hit by a car. And in the movie version, which we're going to probably be referencing the most by now, he had his nerve endings basically fucked up from all the metal plates inside of him, allowing him to take a lot more of a beating as time goes on. He becomes an international sensation, and along with the help of professional vigilantes, Big Daddy and Hit Girl taking down the mob by whoever Mark Strong character was, Frank D'Amico. I think I had that written down that way. Um... So Frank D'Amico and his son Chris D'Amico come up with a plan to lure Kick-Ass and the other heroes into a trap through Red Mist. As Red Mist is able to lure Kick-Ass and them into a trap, Big Daddy is murdered and Hit-Girl and Kick-Ass storm the front. Armed with a pair of batons and eventually a ridiculous jetpack with two twin Gatling guns, the movie's fucking balls to the wall insane and I love it. Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl eventually save the day and stop the crime lord only to live his leave his son chris in a bitter state of this repair calling himself the motherfucker and the main antagonist of kick-ass 2 basically kick-ass has a lot of real he has a lot of consequences becoming a superhero these repercussions involve someone who he once believed to be a friend to be someone who would actually kill his dad and blow up his coffin at the funeral. The guy is crazy, but the book is a lot more violent and I really don't want you to read the book. Especially if you don't want to see kids get just shot in the face for funsies because Mark Millar is a fucking psychopath. 
watch the movies. They're a lot more fun. They're a lot more interesting. Please just watch the movies. Don't even look at the books. Kick-Ass is a fun character, and I kind of wish that they would do a third movie, but due to the large amount of bootlegs that Kick-Ass 2 received and the actors and actresses of the, of, the, of the original cast is going on to do better things, I just don't think it's ever going to happen, no matter how much we want it to be. Number eight comes to us from the world of Dragon Ball Z in the form of my one of my favorite manga and manga made characters. See for more on Weave Wednesdays, another show I have. Gohan's ability, superhero identity, the Great Saiya Man. Akira Toriyama actually wanted a change, a change of pace, and for the first time ever, he did a really cool idea of making Gohan a character who had superhero abilities. Having his really cool strength and speed from his Saiyan biology and his warrior spirit from his father to defeat Cell, Gohan used his very powerful abilities to save the day from his new kind of sort of crime-ridden city where his new friend Videl worked and basically went to school. The story was really interesting, and I really liked that kind of superhero presence that the show was offering. Given a really cool green, black, and white suit with a really cool red cape, and the helmet that I think was gone and really, really forgotten by the creators to be replaced with a frickin' turban and sunglasses. Honestly, the helmet's the coolest part. Uh, whatever. The series itself has a really cool amount of characters, but Great Saiyan Man was just really fun. And I really would have liked to have seen if Akira Toriyama would have just not listened to angry fan backlash and continued doing what he wanted to do. Because that is what essentially he wanted Dragon Ball Z to become, and I was really happy about the new change. Personally, I think it's really bad that they just didn't care to do anything and they made face punch with Goku for the next 17 fucking years. I hope you're happy, Dragon Ball fans. We could have had something creative, but you decided to be just generic as you usually always are. Number seven is Hellboy. Published by Dark Horse Comics. Okay. I'm pulling them up right now to my Hellboy. Where is he? Is that him up there? Sorry, folks. I had everything pulled up. Okay. Hellboy is a fictional character that was created in 1993 under the publication of Dark Horse. He basically was a de demonic character with his true name was considered Anung Unrama, which is... Basically, a person who was summoned from a demon summoned from hell as a baby by Nazis. <laughs> he was discovered by the Allied forces and was uh, brought by saved by Professor Trevor Brittenholm and formed the United States Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. He became a giant adult with horns and tails and basically 
excuse me, in which he basically just becomes like this big super powered and paranormal investigator. He works for them in many different ways and takes down people like the Nazis and has a whole kind of like awesome horror fiction who has the basic powers of a demon, but he's basically a detective who stops the paranormal. He, of course, gives into some of his demonic abilities over time, but he's got some amazing artwork, some amazing stories, stuff that I really kind of want to get into. When he finally became a character in Injustice 2, I wanted to get into him a little bit more because my wife, or my future wife, really likes him a lot. So it's really cool to see that this character is just an absolute treasure. So Hellboy has had a lot of cool movies, and I've watched both 1 and 2. As you know, those movies went really well. I think they're pretty underrated, and I think that... Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot that guy's name. But the guy who played uh, Hellboy in both uh, 1 and The Golden Army did a really good job. And from what I heard from uh, AP Radio uh, alum here... Austin and Albert on Tobo that I should not even bother to waste my time with a 2019 Hellboy. Which is kind of a shame because if any character needs more resurgence or more popularity, it's Hellboy. But of course, let's make the movie fun and punchy punch. Because that works out so well in the end. Sorry, folks. I don't want to yell that hard into the microphone. And the final character to grace our list is another character that is actually going to be announced in another nether realm game this time this dlc character will be under another supernatural name and he is spawn created by todd mcfarlane and being in being published by Image Comics. Don't let the DC crossovers fool you. Spawn is not a DC Comics character. Spawn was created by good old Todd McFarlane, as you usually think. A guy who left originally working on Spider-Man and his very iconic artwork, at least for me, he's one of my favorite Spider-Man artists, and created Spawn who is a hellspawn who used to be a human working for the CIA under the name of Albert Francis Simmons. During a time, Simmons was born in Detroit. He was born to a traveling salesman and a devil worshiper. Awesome. <laughs> he was very smart and strong, basically became an assassin. He was murdered during a mission... He was sent to hell and was made a deal to become the new guardian or new realm of hell. His new abilities basically allowed him to be... His new abilities basically were granting him different demonic powers, super strength and stuff. But every time he used them, he would become more and more suitable of a vessel for hell. So basically he became a powerful... He became a very powerful and vicious vigilante, taking down Italian mobs and even taking down murderers, pedophiles, you know, the, the like. 
he eventually started getting into more and more crazy things. He gets mutations because he uses his powers too much. He becomes someone who battles in heaven and hell wars. He became the king of hell for a time. Like, this guy's got quite the biography. Despite never having truly the most... Having the most, you know, iconicness, he's a very powerful and really unique character to the overall third parties and is basically one of the more popular ones. Despite his pretty mediocre and bad movie in 1997, his really cool HBO cartoon series was pretty damn awesome, being voiced by Keith David, a guy who really brought Spawn into a really new light. As now as he is also being added to Mortal Kombat 11 as the Combat Pack DLC as the first guest, Many people are speculating just how awesome he's going to be and if anything has been proven from his awesome character biography and from all the really awesome designs he's had over the years, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a lot of awesome chain, gun, and hell base attacks, especially with his extremely iconic and badass cape. He's one of the very few characters in this entire realm to actually have been battled Batman and has been one of those recognizable people he's a big fan favorite to a lot of characters and to a lot of people i know so it's really awesome that he's finally getting more representation and with the potential of even getting another movie on the way spawn really deserves it a character that i really wish i would have the opportunity to read a lot more about but he's a pretty cool guy and i've been reading a lot about him on wikipedia and also reading some comic excerpts here and there Hopefully, Image Comics Universe gets a app, and I can just read all the Image Comics characters, because I really want to read him and Savage Dragon. Both series I've heard are pretty good. And that's going to do it for the first half of the list. I kind of got a little bit sidetracked here when it comes to the more beefy stuff, but I have a lot more information about other characters as time goes on. So if you are currently listening to this show recorded on one of our many awesome websites, our many other awesome websites and programs to listen, don't forget to listen to us live on AP Radio. We are a radio station first. Check us out on APRadio.net. Listen live. I'm on True Justice and Indian Way every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. I really like doing this show. It's a really fun show. And I finally feel like that I've started to take my love of lists from Wee Wednesdays and bring it on here to the main event. And I haven't looked back ever since. And if you are listening live, first of all, thank you so much for supporting us. But this isn't the only time you get to listen to us. I have almost 20 other shows on APRadio.net going to Categories and go into E in Hand and I will be on many different shows. I also have Wee Wednesdays every Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Central Time on You and You Gaming on both one on both the radio station and twitch.tv slash show. Both are at 1.30 p.m. Central Time to 3 p.m. Central Time. Also on Lizard Liquors every Monday night at 9 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. And, of course, don't forget... That you can listen to us pre-record all of our stuff pre-recorded on Spotify, Apple, and Google Playlists and podcasts. Don't forget, we can also listen on the actual website at apradio.net, 
And don't forget to follow AP Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AP Radio, the number two. Go to the Facebook one. I believe we use that one the most. I don't really know. And don't forget to follow me again on my own Twitter at IanHand11. I post a lot of stuff regularly, and I have a lot of fun doing that. So don't forget to support us, and don't forget to support your own local comic book store. Just because the movies are famous and stuff does not mean the comic book industry is really picking up steam. Check out your most recent, your most your closest one. The closest one to me in the Northwest Indiana area, at least for this specific part of the Northwest Indiana area, the Hammond, Munster, and Highland area. The most closest one I can think of is 10th Planet on Route 30. It's right after the Express. It's right after Kennedy. It's right between Kennedy Avenue and off of Robin Hood Boulevard. It's a really awesome little comic book store that I go there every once in a while to pick up Doomsday Clock and also just check out any other things they got in there. Thank God I don't have money currently because I would spend so much time and so much money at that place. I have an absolute fun time and just all around just love the environment, love the people. Support your own favorite local comic book store. Don't forget to do that. They do a lot of great work here, people, to give us great entertainment. That's why I'm giving a little bit of a third party shout out to all these creators who do a lot of great work for us. Thank you so much. And we'll be right back after these messages here on Truth, Justice, and Ian Han Way. And when we come back, I'll talk about one through five, or more specifically, five through one of my favorite third party characters that are not published by DC or Marvel Comics right after this break and after these oh so very important messages we'll be right back folks and we are back welcome back to truth justice and ian han way i am your host ian han and i think it'd be really weird if it was true justice and ian han way and i was not even named ian hand kind of want to think about it like that maybe i should just try to do better introductions and again to anyone out there who is listening pre-recorded I am sorry I had to do the whole join back in kind of thing. That's just something that we kind of have to do here at the radio station because, again, we are a radio station first. And before the break, I forgot to mention that we are also a recording studio. Yeah, we do recordings. We have a nice, awesome 16-track and a 24-track analog recording. A lot of old-school stuff. The owner of the station here really knows what he's doing, and it's super cool. My friend Josh and the astronaut, who was also part of AP Radio, and Albert and Rick Burns from Moon Breath also do some of their own recordings. They're really good stuff. They got some EPs coming out. I think Moon Breath is already out on Bandcamp. I don't know much about the astronauts because I know they had a little bit more of an EP. I think it's about a four or five song EP. It's a really awesome stuff. They really know what they're doing. So if you want to join in on the fun at recording, please go to info at apradio.net. They got some pretty redonkulous prices and they got a really great environment for you to record and do stuff. So with that being said, let's welcome back to this list that I was doing. I would love to one day record, but for right now, I have a little bit of a list to do and I had a bone to pick with these third party developers. Comic books in general are really ruled by DC and Marvel, so I kind of wanted to give a little shout out to the littler guys. So we're going to be talking about numbers five through one of my favorite third party characters. And I feel so stupid. I forgot who originally number five would have been. 
And Ash Williams from the Evil Dead trilogy was going to be one of them. But since he was a super... Since he's not really considered a superhero more than a monster hunter. And realized that his comic books are based more off the movies. I decided to change it up and decided to give you instead... Judge Dredd. Who has been published... Please be Judge Dredd. Please be Judge Dredd. Nope. Judge Dredd in... Who's he, who's he published by, guys? Come on. Come on, really? Appearing in 2080. They don't want to tell me his publication or publisher. Oh, there we go. It originally used to be IPC Media and now currently Rebellion Developments. He first appeared in 2000 AD in 1977. Judge Dredd is a law enforcement and judicial officer. Basically kind of a fascist cop in a fascist society. He is a street judge. Basically he's a name that sometimes is invoked in police stations, authoritarianism, and the rule of law. Judge Dredd is basically one of the more is the most famous of these street justices. He's got a gun that's capable of firing six types of ammunition, a stick, a boot knife, and grenades. He's never really shown without his mask, as far as I'm aware of, and he's had two different comic book adaptations, two movie adaptations. It's pretty, they're both pretty goofy in their own right. The Carl Urban one, is it Keith Urban or Carl Urban? I think it's Carl Urban. His uh, more recent one was actually pretty good. The uh, Sylvester Stallone one is absolutely hilarious. And basically, Judge Dredd is just one of the puppets in the overall game of these mega corporations and such. In general, he's kind of just a loser. I like him a lot because he's pretty iconic. And due to the fact that he's had a long lineage of characters, he's got a long lineage of a history. It's just really fun to see him get representation in any way, shape, or form. Hell, there was even a chance where he and Batman crossed paths a couple of times. Batman's really known for crossing paths with people. And I feel like this isn't actually the last time we'll see him do that. But Judge Dredd is by no means the greatest character ever. But I do like him a lot. I really wish I had some comic book collections. But I do actually enjoy whenever I do watch the movie. Especially the obscenely insane, 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 insane Sylvester Stallone version. But definitely check out the more recent one. I think that came out in 2011. That's a way better version, and even though I don't really like that movie, there's a lot of things about it to like. Basically, he is the law, and moving on to number four, Dragonfly slash Dragonfly Man from The Wrong Earth. Published by Ahoy Comics. Ahoy Comics in May of 2019 decided to publish this really awesome show, this awesome comic of two different Earths of of the same type of superhero. On Earth Omega, a masked vigilante called the Dragonfly 
punishes evil maniacs and evades corrupt authorities. And on a more light-hearted 1960s level Silver age book called Earth Alpha, a costume crook catcher, Dragonfly Man, upholds the letter of the law with his little sidekick known as Stinger. They eventually switch places and they are on a new hunt. It's pretty cool. Dragonfly is basically this brutal version, a more of a Frank Miller-esque version of the Dark Knight. And Dragonfly Man is a more Silver age version of the goofy kind of character that Adam West portrayed back in the 60s. It's kind of fun and a really cool story that I can't wait to really sink my teeth more appropriately into. Since I am actually having it in my Amazon cart right now, just waiting for either my birthday or my... Um, for my first uh, post office check, you know. Um, but what, from what I've read and from the po- postage I've seen, I know for a fact that these two characters are really fun. Because, I mean, you have a guy who is being called by the bank president and, like, a freaking mayor and stuff. Like, hey, we want you to go capture this guy who's holding, like, my wife hostage. And the guy's like, I have way more important things to do. The guy's not going to kill anybody. And honestly, I don't care. I'm not taking orders from the bank president. And it's like, it's just so goofy how they're like, oh, but we need to focus on this. We can't focus on bigger, important things like a murdering psychopath. So when the dragonfly comes in, he just basically caps this dude in the uh, in the face. And he's basically like, and it's like on live TV for their universe. So, like, this version of the Dragonfly is basically, like, super crazy and evil and basically is totally okay with murdering people. Which is something that is really funny when you see it in his Earth and how basically that's how he does things. He lights goons on fire. He basically beats the crap out of police because they're not, you know, trustworthy individuals. They're absolutely terrible on his Earth, as we will soon see with Dragonfly Man. The guy is absolutely crazy and so naive. And then when he basically has a deal with this shit that's going on, he actually starts playing along and gives the cops money and does things. It's actually pretty weird of how cool of a turn flip it can be. In general, they're pretty much an interesting duo. And I would really like to see more of their stuff going on as time goes by. I really think it's going to be a good book. And I heard that there's going to be multiple versions of this series since this is only the first series and it's only about a six-issue miniseries, I'm actually extremely excited to read more about it. So if you guys have checked out Ahoy Comics anytime lately or just checking out the idea, I would totally be okay with you doing it in... I'm sorry. Got kind of sidetracked again because of all these damn like um, Wikipedia pages is not taking it, just taking our sweet ass time to load. But definitely check out the Wrong Earth if you have the opportunity to. And I'll keep you guys posted whenever I hear uh, Volume 2 coming out. Number three is a character that I think is probably one of the more iconic characters on here. And it is the Green Hornets. Published by various, and I truly do mean various, comics. 
So, first being created, his name is Britt Reed, the wealthy young publisher of the Daily Sentinel by day, and then by night, he dons a green overcoat, gloves, a green fedora, hat, and a green mask. He fights crime as the Green Hornet, with his very masked and confident partner, Kato, who drives their technologically advanced car known as the Black Beauty. Though the police and the general public believe the Hornet to be a wanton criminal, Reed uses that perception to help him infiltrate the underworld, leaving behind for the police the criminals of any incriminating evidence he has found. I kind of wanted to read that in a very radio kind of voice because that was kind of what the original series was kind of about. He was essentially a character that ran until from 1936 and then was bought up in 1938 for the Mutual Broadcasting Association and went that way until 1939 through 1950. It came, it returned for just a couple months in 1952. He was given movies in the 40s, given a few comic books here and there, and is also pretty well known for his television show on ABC back in 1966 to 1967. Having Bruce Lee be famously the one who actually has the character be the adapted version of Kato, which is pretty cool. He actually made a two-part series with Batman called A Piece of the Action and Batman Satisfaction. Basically, it's really cool, and it was kind of this kind of fun thing. The Green Hornet show was actually played more seriously as opposed to the Batman card, the Batman TV show with Adam West. As it wasn't so campy, the Green Hornet show was a lot more serious. I only watched a few episodes, and it definitely did have a little bit more of a mature tone for it being in the 1960s. Most famously, Green Hornet has had a couple comic books here and there, but he hasn't really had that many long-reigning kind of comic books. He's had a couple here and there, and more recently he's had some miniseries, but he's never really had his own big one. He also had a lot of people parodying him, like in The Venture Brothers, a show that I'm currently watching, the Blue Morpho was the Monarch's father who was good friends with the Venture family. So Monarch's taking up it respectively as it's kind of the same idea. And he's also known for his more recent goofy movie in 2011 played by Seth Rogen. It's pretty interesting. I actually really don't hate that movie because it's kind of just showcases that the Green Hornet is kind of a goofball who's trying to be this big scary man when in general it's really Kano, Kato who's doing everything. It's one of those funny things. I also hear they're actually being rebooted, that they have the rights to them and they're actually thinking about developing a reboot with Gavin O'Connor attached with Sean O'Keefe. So two Irish dudes are writing it. I really like this. So the Green Hornet's always been one of those characters that's kind of just one of those older and goofy characters. One of the more popular pulp heroes of the time, and I really liked him. I like how he's got a gas grenade gun that has knockout gas in it. I like how he plays the idea that he's a criminal underworld. 
And I just like the idea that he's, you know, got a technologically advanced car. He's kind of like Batman, but under the guise that he's a criminal. I'm surprised none of the criminals come out and that he's like, every time he's like, he shows up, like the criminals, like, get, you know, arrested. Like, why do you guys trust him? That's just kind of silly. And now for number two is The Rocketeer. Published by the following. Pacific Comics, Eclipse Comics, Comico Comics, Dark Horse, and IDW Publishing. First appearing in April of 1982. Created by Dave, Dave Stevens. The Rocketeer is Cliff Secord. A stunt pilot who discovers a mysterious jetpack that allows him to fly. His adventures are set in Los Angeles and New York in 1938. And Stevens gave them a retro nostalgic feel. And combined the influence of the King of the Rocket Man and Commander Cody. And basically created an entire film premise and publication history. The premise is basically a local racing pilot and, brainst- and barnstormer discovers a, ha- a hidden jetpack by two gangsters. He has a whole bunch of different adventures all over the world as he basically creates his own kind of story. Basically, the Rocketeer is another really popular pulp hero from the early 80s. Given a brown leather jacket, a good old-fashioned 1930s pistol, and a golden helmet and a mysterious jetpack allowing him to fly, that's literally him <laughs> he's basically just a character that he's got a jetpack i've always loved the design of the helmet so much that i can't help but just you know love this character he's really fun and just all around funny and i just love the campiness of the 1938 kind of adventures that he goes on i think it's just a kind of that whole pulp hero kind of thing because no matter what or how old the comics are. It's always the late 30s for him. He's always taking on gangsters. He's always going into war. He's kind of like the face of like the modern day World War II propaganda. And I think it's really cool. The 1991 film is really fun and really takes us to a simpler time of just when superheroes were just kind of campy fun. And now not these gigantic money-making superstars. All in all, I really like the Rocketeer for his design a lot, more than I have read his comics. But I am trying to collect more of his stuff and hopefully give him a proper retrospective as time goes on. In the meantime, though, I'll be reaching for the stars with the Rocketeer's trail right behind me. And number one is a character that I don't think anyone knows about. The Fox. First appearing as the publisher of MLJ Comics and then Archie Comics. The alter egos are Paul Patton and then his son, Paul Patton Jr. Basically, the Fox was a reporter and photographer for the Daily Globe before, you know... Marvel took that name and gave that to Eddie Brock being a reporter for He has a camera that attaches to his belt. 
He has an his editor as also his girlfriend named Ruth. Was every woman named Ruth back in the 1940s? Probably. He became a crime fighter while also taking on some pictures. He was a character who was known to take pictures and had a skin-type bodysuit with pointed ears and even a golden fox head on his chest. The transformations are never illustrated. <laughs> he basically just became the fox. He apparently was assumed that it was worn under his street clothes. He was just a highly trained athlete. That's pretty cool. But the more important one, I think, is more Paul Patton Jr., who reappeared first in the in the in the mid nineteen eighties under Blue Ribbon Comics. He's kind of the same thing who had the exact same ideas as a skilled martial artist who took the mantle up from his father. And there was apparently someone who had taken over that. But with Archie Comics, with Red and Dark Circle Comics, Paul Patton Jr. was raised as a child in the town of Beaver Kill, where his father operated as the Fox, since I guess they're keeping that kind of idea. Patton took it up as a photography and became a photographer in Impact City. He basically was a long-career crime fighter until he eventually moved to Japan, where he would meet Ma Mae Patton and have a son, Shinji, who is basically a younger boy in about as a teenager or young adult. He basically loves the idea that his father is a photographer and also more, even more excited about the idea that he's a superhero. His identity is extremely ambiguous and really not shown that often. Basically, he just runs into the next room and just punches people, and that's kind of it. <laughs> but really, I really um, enjoy him. He's really funny and knows how to handle comedy pretty well. He basically just wears a blackish-blue costume with a yellow fox symbol on and complains about how old he is, how tired he is of doing it. In general, he's just really funny. And just one of those reasons why I love these third-party characters. I feel like you, you, get, you get away with a lot more stuff with these characters. And the Fox is really good proof of that. He's a family man, and he wants to just put the costume life behind him. But he's got all these crazy, psychotic villains, including the mysterious and nefarious Gasser, or Mr. Smile, and his crazy robotic power suit the iron fox like what kind of crazy shit is this i actually have both of the printed collections um in the shape of the fox the freak magnet which was in 2015 that's one that's pretty weird and really like i can't even describe how silver agey it is it's just it's a pretty crazy acid trip, but I definitely just hopefully think you should read it just for the absurdity. The more I want to can say grounded version of the Fox is Fox Hunt, which is black ribbon instead of red ribbon. I'm sorry, red circle and dark circle. Sorry about that. But this is more of a whole the nefarious Mr. Smile puts a price on the Fox's head and Sinji 
upset that his father wants to just give up the crime fighting game becomes the ghost fox basically a black and white costume of the original fox costume after being captured by mr smile mistaking him to be the mis- to be the real fox paul and his wife known as the she fox basically decide to rescue their son and of course smile wants to replace the fox as the iron fox because for some reason he's obsessed with him because he can't buy the fox or something it's one of those weird kind of fun stories and basically it's more about the relationship that paul really has with his family he had a wife and a kid who's now the fly girl as a member of the new crusaders and the fox is just one of these characters that just really made me like the old kind of just simpler comics you don't know any of these super villains you don't care about these super villains the only really cool recurring character is uh madam satan who's basically this evil green tentacle um she witch who's basically like super in love and super hates him at the same time it's just a lot of fun absurd stuff and Really, just instead of having the edgelords I mentioned earlier on this list, this character is just a lot of fun and just an overlong boatloads of it. I had a lot of fun reading the Fox, and I really can't wait to do an actual retrospective of him later on. And, whew, with all that out of the way, it's pretty clear that we are done with my top 10 third-party characters. And since I did, didn't do uh, a full hour and we still have about six minutes to go, I am going to decide to give out a little bit more information about certain things in the future. Next week, we'll be kind of teasing the idea of all the X-Men movies and how they fit together in this crazy chronological canon. That includes X-Men Origins Wolverine, because yes, I actually decided to do the numbers on that. And hopefully that will be able to fill out an entire hour at least, or at least hopefully half of it. I am also getting Red Hood and the Outlaws Volume 5, as it's being renamed to Red Hood Outlaw Volume 1, as we basically see that Jason Todd is without his friends and without Gotham and without Batman... He's become more of the vigilante he's always destined to become. I'm really excited to read this one since uh, Volume 4 wasn't really my favorite one. It's not as bad as Volume 3, but it's definitely getting better. Also coming up later for comics I'm thinking about buying is Batman Beyond Volume 5, The Last Laugh. Basically, the Joker's returned in the Batman Beyond Rebirth story and apparently is the real Joker who has his eyes set on terry's brother the new robin matt mcginnis will matt survive or will joker kill another robin also justice league odyssey volume one the ghost sector joins cyborg jessica cruises as the green lantern starfire and my boy Azrael as they travel to the ghost sector as being called over to save this little pocket cosmic uh, galaxy from an entire new threat in the form of Darkseid and the life equation 
That sounds really scary. <laughs> and of course, don't forget I'm going to be doing the round earth and having a whole bunch of other stuff in that case. I'm really excited to keep reading more books and I might eventually start doing some uh, reviews of the of former series. I do have four issues for I'm sorry, four whole volumes of uh, rebirth stories that I might be wanting to retell. And eventually uh, Doomsday Clock issue number 11 should be coming out in mid August. I will believe that shit when I see it. And I'll be really excited when that comes out. Hopefully, they'll actually be able to finish it up by the end of this year, and I really don't want to keep waiting around too long for Doomsday Clock to end. Not to mention, go see Far From Home. I know I just mentioned that a little earlier on, but you are really doing yourself a disservice by sitting around waiting for it to be on DVD or anything, or to be swayed away by people. You will love this movie as I have loved this movie. You will actually really enjoy it. And before I go, I hope you guys had a very safe and fun 4th of July. Hopefully you guys had a lot of fun. I probably did or didn't. I'm not much of a big fan of fireworks, so I probably didn't because my uncle just went to a fireworks store and bought, like, all the fireworks. Like, I just kind of want to end off and say, have you ever been to a fireworks store? Like, those really big fireworks stores? I haven't in, like... I want to say well over a decade and like I came in there and it was just so like packed to the brim of like ridiculous names like these like fire funnel cake things, these like Roman candle tubes, like so much crap all over the place. Like I was honestly so surprised on how much crap these guys just have packed into these places. Like I'm wondering, like, do these things expire? Do like the day eventually just, you know fizzle out and they're in the duds or something like i don't know i'm just not much of a firework enthusiast and like there some of them are open all year round so i'm like i wonder how they stay in business like how they keep the lights on all year round like i understand that, like halloween stores they just set up an empty stores for a couple months or so and then they go away it's just one of those weird things that i'm like i kind of want answers to these but no one's giving me answers <laughs> Um, but with that being said, I don't know. Hopefully it's not too loud around my neighborhood. And, uh, if it is, don't worry. I'll be bitching about it all on Twitter because you know how much I absolutely love loud noises. That's why I work in radio for the loud, loud noises, not the quiet, calm voice of me or the quiet, calm music that as loud as it can get, it'll never be as loud as annoying ass fireworks. But with that being said, I'm going to go to a parade tonight here in uh, the lovely land of the Twilight Parade. So I'll hopefully have a nice evening and you all do the same. This has been Truth, Justice, and the Ian Han Way on AP Radio. Check me out every Friday at 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. It's been an honor being here tonight with you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed my little list. And hopefully you guys come back next week for another crazy episode. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and be safe, be cool, and as always, support your very own local comic book store. Have a good one. Love y'all. Have a good day. And don't order a large soda at the movie theater.
have you seen how big those things are? They're ridiculous. 